Welcome to my podcast, Two Whiskies and a Cigar. I'm your host, Frankie Sabini. This podcast's sole purpose is to bring you knowledge, motivation and help within your chosen industry or sport. I'll be sitting down each week to talk to people who have either achieved a high level of success in business or sport and individuals who have amazing skills and experiences that the world needs to hear. My aim is to help as many people as I can by gaining insights from industry leaders and athletes. So please, pour yourself a whiskey, light a cigar, sit back and enjoy. Today we have an up-and-coming boxing prospect, George Hennon, former kickboxer turned professional boxer with 6-1 record. George has the ability, passion and dedication to go and make a name in this sport. George is a prime example that hard work and dedication can help you achieve your goals. Welcome to the podcast, George. Cheers, Frank. Lovely to, lovely to speak to you, mate. That's right, mate. Thanks for coming on. Um, so on this podcast is obviously about trying to get into the mindset of athletes or, or businessmen and try and understand why certain things drive you, why you've got that passion and, and dedication. So, uh, do you want to start from the beginning? Like, how did you get into to kickboxing all the years ago? Yeah, so basically, when I was um, I was only six, um, and my dad just obviously when you go through school and stuff, you know what it's like with people growing up, bullies and all that sort of stuff. So, my dad wanted to make sure that if there was ever bullies coming through school, then I'd be able to sort of stick up for myself. Um, so. First, yeah, first walked us into a kickboxing gym at the age of six, um, mainly just for self-defence, like I say, and then found a love for it. Um, turned out to be half decent, so I stuck at it. Um, started competing. My first, my first fight was um, the day before I joined secondary school um, at Casino Rooms in Rochester, um, and then yeah, just just dedicated myself throughout the childhood really a lot of the times when friends and stuff were going out staying out we'd uh I'd have to be back for training and and all that sort of stuff but I'm glad looking back now I'm glad it did happen because it's, it's, it's put me in good stead for um but for, for future so yeah um just yeah you just got to keep Turning up, that's the, that's the main thing that, that I've that I've got from it. When I when I when I wanted to uh, when I wanted to stay and play Xbox with my friends and stuff, Dad was like, no, no, you've got to go training. I thought, no, I want to I want to play Call of Duty, but then you'd be you'd be in the gym, and as soon as it, as soon as you're there and you're training, you appreciate it, and when it's done, you you're glad that you went in the end. Um, so yeah, that's that's where it all started for me. Six years old down down, uh, down a kickboxing gym. So how long was you kickboxing before you went uh, turned boxer? Did you ever go amateur boxer or did you go straight to perfe- uh, professional? So no, I I made the change seventeen. I think I was 17, 16, yeah, 17 or eighteen. Um, it's sort of one of them. It kickboxing then was sort of you either a lot of people either they, they make the change to sort of K1 or, or MMA and go like try to do that sort of the Bellator or UFC try and make it in that or you or you or you just go to boxing um, because they're the two places really you can make a, uh, like a good future in a career um, so yeah I chose I chose the boxing um, 
And I did actually, I went to an amateur gym, I went to St. Mary's, um, done a bit of training down there. And turns out when I with work, I was working um, up by the old arena. And one of the blokes I was I was working with was training down the Peacock gym in Cannon Town um, with Johnny Greaves. And he was just turning over a crow with John. Um, and as that would have it, when I was working there, I'd jump in with him and we'd go down to Peacock and I started training down there with John. Um, and he sort of said that my my style would have suited the pro game a little bit more than the amateurs. Um, so I stayed training with him there. And then, yeah, and then turned, over with, turned straight over. I didn't have to do any amateur fights. I think you, I believe now you can't turn over without at least, I think it's four amateur fights. I believe oh, really? they don't quite like that. Um, so now I would have had to have amateur, amateur bouts. But yeah, back then I didn't have to. I had to, I had to do a um, this thing where they basically come and have a watch of you train, make sure you ain't, ain't a div, basically. Um, and yeah, so I've done that and then passed it. And then, yeah, didn't have to do any amateurs straight in the programme. So how long have you? So you had a bit of a break when you turned pro, didn't you? So you had a few fights, bit of a break. What? What happened That's then? It. Yeah, yeah. So I had, I had, I had four, and I was four and one. So I, I, um, I lost one. Well, I had, I had three on the bounce, and then one of them. Then I went. We we took a we took a fight at two weeks notice. On a Eddie Hearn show um, against the uh, top kids, really sample, really good, experienced um, Scotsman. Um, just for records of the DJs, got to live for the experiences. Whenever you get, when you're going to get a chance to go on a show like that, that's what my sort of mentality with it. What let's do it. So we, um, yeah, we took the opportunity. Went there. I put him down in the first round. And then, um, and he stopped me in the third, real strong kid. Um, but the whole experience, I loved it. Obviously gutted to not, not get a win. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then I had another fight a month later, won that back at Gray's Civic Hall. Um, and then it's just sort of, the fire, the fire didn't go out. I wouldn't say the fire went out, but I was just sort of... Um, I sort of come to a point where, where obviously I was fighting, competing from such an early age. I just needed that. I needed a break. Um, I felt like I needed to go and live a little like um, it was just before me and Bill got married. Um, so I we wanted to, I wanted to spend a little bit more time at home. We 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 travelled not travelled the world. We didn't go to many places, but we went on quite a few holidays. Enjoyed ourselves a little bit. Um, yeah, and just had a bit of time away. I was carrying on training a little bit, just dipping my toe in here and there. Um, but yeah, I, I just didn't have the hunger at that point. Um, so that was the main reason for, for the little break, yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Because I, I played professional ice hockey. I went pro at 16. But like you, I started when I was eight. When all my mates were going out to the park getting pissed, I was at home getting ready for hockey like on Friday nights I had training things like that like and then to, to, to do like a high level performance or a high level uh, sport 
it's it's hard physically and mentally to to keep it up throughout the years. Like, I feel like you need that reset, and yeah, hopefully that that reset looks like it's it's hopefully working out for you at the moment. It's come back two wins. Mate, two. It definitely has. Um, it's definitely it. I'm 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 so glad I've done it now because now the mentality is obviously, mate. It's it. Sometimes I'm motivated. But I'm always disciplined. I'll always turn up, mm. um, and I know now that when I think, oh, I don't. Oh, if if you have days where you're a bit down, oh, I I know that I'm doing this because the, the whole reason I come back is because there's no way I can grow old now. I think, oh, what if? What if I had carried on? What if? What if I carried on? And and how far could I have gone? Or if I just dedicated my myself for a few more years but how, how far so I know that in my head now that there's no way there's no way there's no way I'm stopping or, or giving up you know it's a, I, I will reach my full potential and then whatever that is that is um, not putting any pressure on myself in terms of I need to get this title and I, I just want to know how far I can really take it you know yeah, you're looking good. Training looks like it's going fucking well. You're looking in good shape as well, mate. So, hopefully, uh, yeah, keep yeah, pushing no, on. It's, it's going. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, no, it is good. It's, you know, got, uh, my trainers are bollocks as well. I don't have a slab to swear. No, God, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. But uh, my trainers, he's, uh, he's real good stuff, mate. So, um, I'm in good hands, learning, learning all the time. So, I'm making, making improvements, which is the main thing. So, where are you training now? And who's your trainer? Um, so I'm training down um, it's, it's in the Evolution Strength and Fitness gym uh, at the top my um, my coach George has got a gym O'Malley's Boxing Club um, and that's where I'm training and luckily enough it's only like a 10 minute drive from my house if that um, and yeah at the minute it's just I'm, I'm George's only pro at the minute um, but I don't think it'll be long and he'll have a decent little stable because He's new to to pro coaching, um, but the knowledge he has is is not much in the game. He don't know, even though he's young. Um, he's very experienced. Was real good as a pro, uh, as a boxer himself. Um, so yeah, it won't be long, and we have loads of people queuing up on the court to have George as their coach. So it's just me and him at the minute. But we we we're, we're, we're um, getting some good sparring in. He's taking me taking me different places for sparring. So, um, yeah, that's where I am at the minute. Um, and I'm, yeah, double happy down there. Good. Yeah, that's the main thing as well. You've got to travel. You've got to travel to do sparring. <clears throat> I had uh, a friend yeah. who turned praise not a pro anymore, but won't name names, but he, he didn't travel for sparring at all. He was, he was up and coming, really good boxer, could have gone a long way, wouldn't travel for sparring. Thought people had to come to him, which ultimately, I mean, he's not boxing anymore. So, probably protein the pudding. Like you've got to go out yeah, and get yeah. them experiences, do you know what I mean? You've got to you gotta learn how different styles and like you, you can't you can't jump in a ring not facing every style. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to yeah, yeah. so many different people or like little tricks and little tactics what you pick up from different people as well. That's just the main thing, just yeah. learning from everyone. Like soaking it all in. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's mate, that's you completely right, you've got it on the head there. It's, it's good to spy everyone so you can like you say, you've been in with as many different styles because 
there's so many different style of fighter out there and it, it, you don't want to come up against someone on, on uh, under lights that you've never sort of faced before in, in, in sparring and then it's all new to you um, you know, and you get found out on the night so it's good to like you say get get that sparring into your you're never going to be fully prepared because anything can happen on on the night as everyone knows but as long as you can be as prepared as you can be um, that's the main thing yeah nice so do you follow boxing like passionately like watching it outside the training or you, or you just sort of like enjoy the training enjoy the fight and then sort of don't really take notice of anyone else um, yeah, no, I do. I do. I love it. Um, I tried, uh, me, and, me and my brother Harry, we tried to go to as many different shows as we can, really. Um, always love them down at York Hall where it's so close um, and there's not a bad seat in the venue. Um, mm. But in terms of the big the big nights, I, will, we only, we, I, I like to think it's dear to get a, like, to get a good ticket. Um but for them big shows, I'd rather rather be spend a bit more money and be there close and be able to properly watch a fight, or I just mm. rather watch it at home on telly so you can you you can sort of see everything, you know. Um, mm. I'm not I don't, I'm not a drinker anymore either, so I don't I'm, I'm not like oh, let's go for the night at a boxing and get booze, you know. So um, yeah, I just I, I don't mind watching it watching it at home, being able to properly study and. And uh, and watch the fight properly, but yeah, I do. I love, I love, I love the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've, I've again got brought up boxing as well. I think as you know, I've boxed since I was three. Family, big boxers. Um, but I, I really struggle going to these big events, um, trying to study or, or trying to watch the fight and trying to enjoy it because you've got so many people around. Just sort of don't know what they're talking about, shouting rubbish out. Like he's, to me, it's frustrating. I'd, I'd rather just sit at home, watch it on TV. You can see it all properly then. Um, even sometimes the commentators wind me up with what they're saying. Sometimes I have to like turn them off and all. Yeah, me too. That's exactly it. What you said there about <laughs> the people around you, when people got got booze. Oh, do you see that? Oh, oh, oh. Just let me watch the fight, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's good for the sport, like, especially me selling tickets for people that, that buy tickets off me and they get up there and they have a good go, they have a good drink, have a good laugh, shouting mm. and, and following while I'm fighting. You you can't beat it. Like, when, no. when, when you're in there, and, like, the support I've got from friends, family and stuff, it's on the way up and then they're making a lot of noise. I'm so thankful for it, um, but if I, if yeah, it's just it's just incredible. Like it is, so I, that side of it, I love, I love mm. because they can enjoy it. But me personally, I, I yeah, if I go to a boxing show, I, I can't drink because I like to, I like to watch it. Yeah, no, it's mate, it's good that you've got a good good fan base as well, and it's only going to keep growing. Right, so you sparring with George. Um, George Groves the other day as well. What what an experience yeah, that is. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, yeah, I meant pad work, not sparring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's quality, mate. He's um, he's seriously. Well, he's been there and done it. He's, he, he, you know, he's um. So any anything you were saying, you've got to take it. Um, and 
yeah, I was like a little sponge, mate. He um, he was he was good. It was it was very good and a very knowledgeable man, mate. And um, yeah, I loved him growing up. Anyway, watching watching him, he was a great great fighter, one of the best jabs you'll ever see. Yeah, yeah. No, again, I'm a massive fan of his. When he beat um, James the Gal, just he went from strength from strength. I know like, everyone wrote him off really in that fight, and then he proved yeah. what he could do, and it just went strength strength. How did you end up yeah. like, hooking up with him? No, so that was so um, guy that um, guy that we've been got, been in contact with. He he um, sorted us out. It's, it was his gym. He um, he he's uh, got Bermondsey Boxing Club, and he um, had George down doing like a masterclass thing, and he invited me and my coach George down. Um, and yeah, we got involved in that, and then he took me in the in the ring and done a, done a good bit of pad work and stuff. Oh, it was brilliant, great experience. And then after, I had a good little chat with him. Um, real nice, sound, down to earth fella. And um, hopefully, you can do a little bit more with him as well, which we, we spoke about. Um, so yeah, trying to yeah. to do a bit, few more bits with him, which we. Yeah, it's not bad having someone like him in your corner, giving you advice, no, is I it? Know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so out of all the so in your what weight are you welterweight uh, super lightweight super light so who who in your weight is like sort of the ones to look out for at the moment for sort of everyone watching you and watching your career like who who should we be looking at you want to fight next and things like that um mate to be fair there's so many in, there's so many super lightweights in the division now Domestically, obviously in the world as well, but mm. at the minute, I just mate. It, it, for me, it's just I want. I just want to keep as active as I can, um, and literally, I leave it to George and the manager, whoever, whoever they will sort of say, "Oh, this fella," then I'll just be there and fight. Just um, obviously, you've got to do your sort of apprenticeship as it were, fighting the journey and whatever. But I've, I sort of just want, like, especially from next year, I want to really push on um, um, and start having a look at like some real good 50-50 fights. Um, there's, there's plenty of them around the area, mate. Um, mm. So I'm not one to sort of call out names or whatever, but yeah. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean quite names, but like just sort of who in the division who's like sort of doing well at the moment. Because I, I don't really think I know many super lightweights in the division. So just like who who sort of got the British title at the moment? Who's sort of pushing on? Again, just just sort of like who, who are the names who we might know in your division? Not to call them out. Well, don't don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dalton no, um, Smith won it. Uh, oh, he, yeah. He's he's. Yeah, great, great fighter. Yeah, um, yeah. And he defended it. Yeah, he defended it last night. Um, that was a decent fight. Casey Benjamin is no mug either. That was a good, um, good strap for the British. Um, obviously, you got Josh Taylor and um, Jack Catchell. Yeah. At the top yeah. end of the, of the oh. uh, division. Um, but yeah, it's thriving, mate. It's some good fight. There's some, there's some big names here. Yeah, I thought that was uh, welterweights. I didn't think of them. Them too. Yeah, no, yeah, super light, yeah. Oh, fair. Nice. So... Yeah, so, yeah, plenty of it, mate. 
Yeah, nice, nice. So what advice would you give your younger self then, sort of now, from what you've learned? Just keep going, just turn up and keep going, mate, because uh, when I was younger, like mentally, I was always, like, my self-belief wasn't as, I've got a lot more self-belief now than I did have. Um, but obviously sometimes you just got to just, just keep, just keep showing up. Like I say, like, it's so many times, mate, when, don't get me wrong, I don't want to be setting me alarm from quarter past up past four to go for a run. You just, just, just do it. Just get up and do it. And, and, and also when I'm, when you've got to do, obviously you've still got to work every now and then. Like, I, I work, luckily, only part-time now. Because I've got people helping me out sponsorship-wise. But them days, obviously I wake up, do my run before before work, get into the yard for half six, full day, scaffolding, which ain't easy, anyone who knows. And then um, don't even go home, straight to the gym. And I'm not on the way back in the lorry thinking, ah, oh, I can't wait to go to the gym. I'm like trying to keep my eyes open. Um, but you just got to just, just keep turning up and doing it. So if, yeah, like if I had any advice, mate, it, it'd just be to just keep showing up and just keep trying your best. And it will, um, good things will happen. Good things will come out of it. Yeah, nice. So why do you think you got more confident now? Is it just an age thing or, or just like experience? Like more, more ring time? More confidence. Yeah. Uh, so I genuinely I think it's because it, it confidence comes with experience. Like if the more you do something, the more confident you will be in that in that thing. And the, like more I'm boxing, more I'm training, more I'm sparring, more I'm just putting myself out there. The more confident I'll get because because you because I keep doing it. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for instance, I my um, my coach Jules. <laughs> When I first come back, he was sort of saying, look, you've got to push your social media. You've got to do videos. I was like, you are joking. There's no chance. I'm filming myself talk. Um, it just weren't going to happen, Frank. Like, I was like, struggled enough with a selfie. And, um, it, there's, a, there's a couple of videos when I have to... Uh, we was on the way back from BoxFit and I picked my first pair of... Well, but yeah, since I come back, my first pair of boxing shorts, I went to pick them up. On the way back in the car with him, and he's like, All right, do a video. I said, No, this is going let everyone know that you just got your boxing shorts and you're ready for them. I was like, Honestly, and it was laughing. <laughs> like, I look back at the videos now, it's funny, but obviously, where I wasn't used to doing it, and I used to worry about what people think so much, etc. But now I, I can, I'll just do it, I can just video, I, it doesn't bother me no more. But because I do it all the time, because yeah. because George has been on to me, you need to, you sort of need to push your social media on because that's the way it is now, isn't it? So, right, one hundred percent. But yeah, like I say, just yeah, mate. It's uh, it's funny because I, if you're not a big ticket seller and you ain't got a big fan base, you could be the best boxer in the world. Promoters don't want you. Like, and I've I've seen it before. Like you have great fighters, but. Like, yeah. Luke Campbell, for example, unbelievably great fighter, but he, he struggled with like ticket sales, I believe. I think that's what sort of like held him back a little bit. But again, technically, ability, unbelievable fighter. And you think, like, it's a, such a shame that people can't see just the, the pure yeah. brilliance of someone rather than, than having to be on social media pushing it all the time. 
this is the thing with all these journeymen, mate. They're seriously, seriously good boxers. Mm. Um, but just get they just you just they just get the box with selling tickets. They think you know what? I'm just gonna go on the road and earn and earn, earn a living doing it like that. Which is mate, it's it's so it's so hard to set. Like obviously, even even though I can sell a ticket, it is such a stress, Frank. I can't mm. I can't explain enough. Like I've got so much support and I do really well with my tickets, thankfully. But I'm still stressed out of my mind doing it. Like getting money from people, meeting people with tickets, and then people say, oh, yeah, 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 I have X amount of tickets. Say, oh, yeah, go on, I'll have, I'll have five tickets. And no thought of their own. Oh, no, 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 it's only one. It's, oh, it's only going to be me now. Or it's, only... and it's not their fault, but I think people genuinely at the time do want to come, and then they forget about it, and then they've got other plans, and then they can't come. It's like, it's... And then you've you've written down that you're going to need this amount of tickets, and then the amount of pullouts, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't need that many tickets, and then it's just it's it's a pain, mate. But yeah, it's part of it, so you've got to do it. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I really want to come to fight next week, but I can't get anyone to come with me, unfortunately, and and sort of go on my own. But again, it was yeah. I went to my mate's fight last night, um, and the same thing. I had. I had 10 people who was going to come, was going to get a table. And by the, the night of the fight, there's only four of us. People started pulling out. And, yeah. it, and it's bad because I, you want you want to show up and you want to support. And I, I feel terrible that I can't come to yours or that I couldn't get as many people last night to, to be my other mate's one. But as you said, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a lot of money. It's travel up there. Um, this is the thing, mate. It's everyone's hard-earned money. It's not, it's not like... Um... And and as well for me at the minute now this one this one it's my it's my third in, I think it's like six months it's going to be and and they're not it's not like it's like fifty quid a time like, like minimum and it's but that's just for the ticket and obviously I sort the coach out which is another seventeen pound and then people are going to want to drink it's a good hundred pounds worth of evening and it, it's like you say it's not cheap and to do that consecutively. It's um, oh, mate, I appreciate it so much for people to do it all the time, but it's it's not cheap and it's not. That's that. See, this is the thing. I'd like to be. I'd like to fight every fucking week, every month. You know, but you can't because you can't sell tickets for that consistently that short amount of time. You know, like you've got to leave it a few months, otherwise people are going to be like, oh no, I've come watch you two weeks ago. I'm gonna yeah, pay another one. You know, but um. Yeah, so it's a hard part of it, mate, the, uh, the ticket sales. So what level do you think you get to before you, you stop worrying about ticket sales doing it yourself? Because obviously it's got, it must hinder you selling tickets. Like you've got the stress of a fight and then the stress of that as well, plus the running about. Like it must be a hindrance. Like what level do you get to where you don't have to worry about it? Uh, as, soon as, as soon as sort of... Um... I think the Southern area is tough. You still got to sell tickets for the Southern area and probably the English as well. I think it's sort of when you get on the big when you get on the big shows, mate, um, and you can you fight for sort of like British titles and stuff. I think you probably still have to the more the more of an attraction you are, the more money you get. But mm. I don't think it matters as much because you, it goes to purse bids, um, so you mm. would get a purse regardless, and you don't have to worry as much. Um, 
But, but yeah, like I say, mate, the bigger the following, the more money you will get, the more attraction you are. Um, so it's it always sort of does matter. But you won't have the stress of that at the top level. Yeah, yeah. That's why you've got to try and you've got to try and build a build a good countless number of amateurs. Oh, I've lost you, George. I'm back. Got, you, you got, me? got you back. Yeah, got you back. Got you back. Uh, so, what what do you think about all the the un, um like the YouTube boxing then? Because obviously none of them can box, but they've got such a following. Like they're they're doing yeah. stuff what other boxers can't do because of their following. Like it's it's ridiculous. And do you think it's good for the sport or do you think it's bad for the sport? It is. Um, mate. To be fair, I I, I personally don't I don't I don't buy it. I don't watch it. Like I prefer. Um. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a massive fan of it, mate. But having said that. These people have obviously done really well for themselves. They've made a they've made a living. They've made like got a massive following doing what they're doing, and then they're they're good businessmen. So they they've used that to make even more money. So you can't mm. knock them. Like can't knock them at all. What Jake Paul's done is unbelievable. Really, like the amount of attraction that he's got. Um, it must be mate. He's got. He must be have some seriously thick skin. The amount of grief he must get from people as well. Um, and he just don't care. <laughs> You've got to take your hat off to him. But mm. it is like, like um, for me personally, I'm like, ah, oh, like I've just, I'd love to be able to be in big fights like that. And obviously, like you say, I've trained all my life, and it's well, I don't think I will. They're like billion, like multi, multi million pounds worth of fights, and you, you've got to be very lucky to be in a fight like that. Or yeah, but yeah, I, I, it's not uh, like I say. I don't. I, I won't watch them, but mm. um, I don't. I, I can't knock them. Yeah, I, I personally don't watch them either. I don't. I, I can't stand watching it because it's it's not boxing to me. It's it's two kids having a little scrap, like you can yeah. see on a Friday night outside the club kind of thing. But I. I, I've always been under the, the idea of more eyes on the sports better because there might be a kid watching his family's not into boxing, but his favourite YouTuber's boxing, so then he or they might get yeah. into boxing and they could be the next world champion. Um, Mate, this is it. But then sometimes you watch them and they've got like their head-to-heads and they just, like, they start acting really muggy with each other and I think, well, then that's wow. not good for the sport because now people are going to be watching and thinking that's, that's right when it's not. So I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm quite conflicted with it, to be honest. No, yeah, mate, I'll make you right at that. I'll yeah, make you right. Obviously, even even pros, mate, sometimes, uh, even pro boxers that have been here years can shut themselves up on the scale. But I know what you mean. A lot of them YouTubers, mate, it's just pathetic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll yeah. see I see one the other day. I think I was walking through um, Westfields and they had like a little wrestle in the middle of the crowd. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's a joke, isn't it? But he said, can't knock them. They're making more money than us, so I can't knock them. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, so going back to you then, then your, what would you put 
you down to like the dedication or more natural skill like do you have the natural skill what then helps you progress or is it just your dedication to be able to build your skill to get where you are um i i i i said the, the dedication mate to be fair i've got a little there's a little bit of talent there i think you've got to have a little bit um but the main yeah the main thing is 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 just the dedication and and, and willing to learn like it's good where where obviously I've got George as my coach. Anything he says, because I know how good he was. Anything anything he says, I I I, I try it and I just practice and drill and drill everything that he's sort of telling me. So I'm quite a good listener, um, and yeah, just uh, yeah, willing willingness to learn and uh, and the dedication. I think that's that's the main that's the main component. Why I'm doing all right at the minute. Um, and long might continue, mate. Hopefully, keep getting better and improving. Yeah, 100%. So, how, yeah, how, how, like, what do you say to yourself when you've got them days you don't want to train, but you know you've got to stay dedicated, you know you've got to keep showing up? Like, what goes through your mind to, to get you to move past that? Mate, to be fair, just like, I just know I've got. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I think about anything. I just. I just know I've got to do it. Like it's not. It's not like uh Oh, what should I do? It's just like I know I've, I've got to go there. And as soon as I turn up, I'm all right. As soon as you like George was George was good to be around and, and gym evolution gym where I train. There's so many good people in there. As soon as you walk into a reception, it's not like um, it's not a business. It's not like a franchise. So it's a family run business, and the people on the reception. And the eight board about the the owners and anyone who's down there, they're so welcoming. Everyone's like so happy to see you. And if you're down or you're or you're um or you can't be bothered, as soon as you walk into a gym, you know what it's like. Now you walk into somewhere and the atmosphere is so good, mm. and it sort of gets up a little bit anyway. And then mm. you go into the gym and, and George is upbeat, and then bang, you, you you're good to go. Obviously, it's it's tough. But you just like I say, just just I just tell myself turn up, just get there, and then as soon as you as soon as you're there, it um it all works out. And as soon as you leave, everyone knows whoever trains. As soon as you leave the gym, it's the best feeling. You think, oh yes, I'm glad I've done that. Yeah. Um. Always, sometimes, sometimes you go into the spa, get your head knocked about, and you think, oh, that was awful. But it's all it's all it's all learning. Yeah, yeah. So who are your three favourite boxers then? Like, whether they're the most exciting to watch or the ones you want to kind of emulate, emulate's career or something like that. Who are your three favourite uh, of no, all time? My, my favourite fight growing up, growing up to watch. Just talking, just opinion on there now. Ricky Atten, I used to love, love Ricky Atten. The intensity, the, the, the whole aura of him, like, the, um, his body shots was unbelievable, obviously. Mm. Um, but like the, the, the crowd he brought, he's some man. Yeah. So I used to love Ricky Atten. Also, same same way of uh, Mayweather. Mayweather was just class. Um, mm. So he was, he's one of my favourites. Um, and, um, who else? There's just so many good fighters, but, Another one is Pacquiao. Pacquiao, mate, the intensity—he was—he was unbelievable. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, like I say, it's so many good fighters. But out of, out of everyone, my, my, the, the, the main person who I, I used to love watching, obviously, was Ricky Atten. I, I thought he was brilliant. Just electric, weren't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah. I loved him. Yeah, no, I liked Ricky Atten as well. Um, all right, I'm going to wrap this up now, mate, because I know, I know you're busy. You've had a hard day training and everything like that. But you've got a fight, fight next week. Um, do you want to quickly tell us about the fight next week? Can I stick it on social media? Yeah, nice one, mate. This one's 19th of November at, uh, at York Hall, Bethlehem Green. Um, hopefully, yeah, like I say, wrap the year off with a nice, nice performance um, and go into a nice little well-earned Christmas break. Um, obviously, I'll still be ticking over in the gym training. Um, but they're ready to go again in the new year and nice. um, yeah hopefully another uh, be a big year fighting some 50-50 fights and um, yeah progressing on good mate I'm really looking forward to seeing it I'm I'm definitely going to try and get down to your next one as well 100% but thanks for coming on mate really appreciate it um, before you go I ask everybody the same question what are your three favourite films of all time? Oh. Oh, you could have let me know about this one. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, mate, one that always, whenever whenever top films come up, this always comes up to me, which is Shawshank Redemption. What a film that is. Great that film. Is unbelievable. Um, so that's up there. Oh, what? Oh, that's a... <laughs> Um, so many, mate, isn't it? Yeah, it's an hard one. It's an hard one. I'll try, I'll try another genre. I'll, mm. I'll go for a comedy. I'll, I'll say, I'll say Hangover One's got to be in there, mate. If you're thinking of a funny film, that's got to be in there. Yeah. Um... Oh, mate, I'm on the spot. Do you know what? As soon as I come off of it, I'm going to think, why did I say that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I'll right, do another one. I really like Law Abiding, Abiding Citizen. That's another blinder. Yeah, yeah, three, three top films. I, uh, I appreciate your time, George. Thanks for that, mate. I, uh, go, I, I hope you go and rest now. Enjoy, enjoy the, the week leading up to the fight. Tick over. Hope it all goes well, mate. And, mate, we'll, we'll catch up again soon. Top man. Cheers, Frank. I appreciate it. Cheers, Frank. See you soon, mate. Bye bye.